Difficulty number 17-5 for fighting. It's me, Mike Bernier. We're back with this week's episode of the 5 for Fighting podcast here on the Huddle Up Podcast Incorporated. As I so elegantly called it last night on the uh, Alexander Ovechkin emergency podcast that I uh, that I recorded. Um, yeah. Um, so I may have renamed the Big Jim Podcast Network. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, if you're not already, uh, like, subscribe, thumbs up all of our social media platforms, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, as well as the Tiki Talk which you can see clips from the Tuesday live stream show with, uh, obviously, Big Jim, Ernest EJ Christian, the host of the N1 podcast, which dropped, uh, I guess this is now technically yesterday. Uh, you'll be hearing this probably on Thursday, and he dropped that on Wednesday. Also, uh, good friends Matt and student of the game Kyle Nash. Uh, you can check out Kyle's stuff, SOTG, on all of the social media platforms. Uh, Matt is a member of the 3CT podcast with Big Jim. Jim, myself, and Ernest also part of the Take Through Wrestling podcast, which you can listen to um, Take Through Wrestling on any of your major podcast catchers, as well as watch it on the YouTube page uh, of Ernest EJ Christian. Um, if you're not already, like I said, please like, subscribe, thumbs up in the link tree on all of our major social media platforms. You can find links to everybody's Twitter page, as well as a link the Huddle Up Podcast Store, where currently right now, uh, a ton of designs are available. I'm going to go on my computer right now. While I'm recording this, uh, we'll see exactly how many designs currently. Uh, We do have the new Huddle Up uh, with our numbers, uh, as you heard me so elegantly introduce myself uh, for Five for Fighting. Um, My number is 17 on there, so... You can check that out, tpublic.com slash huddleup. 43 designs with the Huddle Up name, uh, the old school Huddle Up uh, collegiate logo with the numbers. Uh, we have the Huddle Up with the NHL Shield, as well as the Huddle Up of the Washington Capitals. Um, check out more stuff there. Uh, if you're a football fan, we have tons of designs in your favorite teams, fonts, and colors. Um, so check all that stuff up, tpublic.com slash huddleup. Uh, also, you can get it there from the link tree. A uh, lot of fun stuff uh, coming up here uh, in the realm of the Huddle Up uh, Podcast Incorporated. Um, so check that out more. Uh, I'll let you know whenever a new t-shirt design drops. Because uh, I think there might be a uh, Incorporated shirt coming in the very near future. Um, Alright, let's get to why you guys are here though. Let's talk about the National Hockey League. or just hockey in general. Uh, As uh, minute number one of my five-minute major for fighting will be this week, uh, the Premier Hockey Federation has committed to the league as it is announced earlier today, Wednesday, as I'm recording this, uh, that they are doubling the salary cap from $750,000 to $1.5 million for the 2023 season. Um, Big news for uh, women's hockey. Um... Definitely think that this is a step in the right direction uh, for them. I think this should be a, a, a cool thing here. Um, I, I think that this is something where you might be able to get some of the bigger named uh, women's hockey players 
to potentially make an effort to come play in a United States-based uh, hockey league um, because they'll be able to make a make a living um, off of that. And I think that this is something that is a major breakthrough for uh, women's hockey. I think this is something that could be a big one, um, you know, for the existence of hockey outside of the National Hockey League, outside of um, – you know, the AHL. Um, so, yeah, it was announced earlier today, uh, the doubling down, $1.5 million for the 23-24 season in a bid to deepen its talent pool by offering players an opportunity to earn a living wage. The increase announced Wednesday morning will double each team's salary cap currently from $750,000 this season and is part of a three-year $25 million commitment approved by the league's Board of Governors 11 months ago. The PHF consists of seven franchises, uh, Commissioner Regan Carey told the AP that expansion is once again being considered after the league added a team in Montreal uh, last season. I'm going to see if I can figure out exactly uh, where all the teams are located. Uh, if you, you can check out their website, uh, PremierHockeyFederation.com. Season is underway for them. Uh, let's see. Teams because I like to do this. Uh, the teams for the 22-23 PHF, there are seven teams. We have the Buffalo Buttes, the Montreal Force, the Boston Pride, the Metropolitan Rivers, the Toronto Six, the Connecticut Whales, and the Minnesota Whitecaps. So, um, but with potential of expansion, this could be a fun one. The, league, the approval came at the league's winter meetings and is... Uh, a jump in the salary cap represent an increase of 900% since 2021-2022, which each team's salary cap limit set at only $150,000. Uh, so onwards and upwards for the PHF, onwards and upwards for hockey in North America uh, for the ladies. So a fun one to keep your eye on. Uh, I'll keep my eye on the PHF. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. Uh, let's get to number two of my minutes in the penalty box. We're going to talk about Deadpool actor Ryan Reynolds. He met with the Ottawa Senators' new ownership group, as well as Gary Bettman um, earlier this week. The NHL has come out and said that Reynolds uh, would be great to be a member of the new ownership group. Uh, Gary Bettman said during his meeting that he was very impressed, uh, that he impressed the National Hockey League uh, Board of Governors uh, very well. Um, they would love to have him involved. Uh, the Senators announced uh, earlier in November that following the death of longtime owner uh, Eugene Melnick in March, that the team would be put up for sale. The conditions of the sale do say that the team has to remain in Ottawa. Bettman said more than a dozen parties have signed a non-disclosure agreement to view the Senator's data bank. After that, the commissioner expects a more formal process to begin after the first of the year. For those of you that don't know, Robert uh, Ryan Reynolds grew up in Canada, confirmed his interest on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon uh, in November, saying, quote, I am trying to, by the team, obviously, it is very expensive, so I need a partner with really deep pockets, Reynolds told Fallon. It's called a consortium when you form a group to buy an entity. And it is such a fancy way of saying, I need a sugar mama or sugar daddy. And if that doesn't help, I'll buy a U.S. senator, which can, which everyone can afford, obviously. Cracking jokes, as Reynolds does as Deadpool. 
Reynolds is a co-owner of a fifth-tier English soccer club, uh, Rexham AFC, alongside Rob McKelleny, who they did a Hulu documentary about. Uh, one NHL president told ESPN that Reynolds being involved in the Senators would, quote, be sensational for the National Hockey League. Have you seen his social media following? The president told ESPN, heck, if Ryan Reynolds posts about the Senators on Instagram seven times, that could be worth it alone. The Senators were sold uh, in 2003 for $92 million. The sale is expected to eclipse that. And then some. the last NHL team to undergo a full NHL ownership change was the Pittsburgh Penguins, who were sold last December to the Fenway Sports Group. Uh, that sale was roughly about $900 million. At the week's uh, winter meetings, the NHL owners were optimistic about the sale price of the Senators, saying, quote, he's a credit to Gary – here's a credit to Gary – Gary Bettman's impact over 30 years of office, a franchise that nobody wanted and that nearly went bankrupt is going to go for about $700 plus million. All right, so we've talked about women's hockey. We've talked about a potential new ownership in the National Hockey League. Uh, Let's get to a scary moment that occurred, uh, I guess it was last night. I'm sorry, Monday night during the 2-1 loss of the Calgary Flames to the Montreal Canadiens. Flames defenseman Chris Tenev was helped from the ice after taking a shot to the side of the head. He attempted to block a shot from Canadiens captain Nick Suzuki on a 5-on-3 penalty kill when it struck him in the side of the head. Um, He had to be helped off the ice. Uh, Let's see here. They announced following the game that he was sent to the hospital and all of his tests were negative, allowing him to travel back to Calgary with a team where he'll be reevaluated. Calgary goaltender Jacob Markstrom said, quote, it's, it's tough. I mean, he doesn't stay down very often. So when he stays down, you're worried. I haven't talked to him after, but hopefully he's okay. Although Montreal still held on to the puck, uh, the Canadians winger asked for the ref to blow the whistle dead so that you get medical treatment. Tip of the cap there because, you know, sometimes, especially in a game this fast, you don't necessarily know uh, if somebody could be seriously injured. So tip of the cap to uh, Joel for being able to, to notice that something wasn't right and being able to get the, the situation stopped. Uh, team medics examined him. He skated off the ice uh, with help of teammates. Uh, he had played 11 minutes and 43 seconds with one shot on net prior to the injury. Uh, Daryl Suter said after the game that he had talked to Tenev. You know that he's. I know the feeling and I know that sound. Uh, I told the players the toughest guy in the building is Chris. Let's go do it for him. Um, Calgary was left with only five defensemen for the rest of the game. Tenev is 32, has five has five assists, four penalty minutes, and a minus one rating through 23 games in the member of the Flames. Uh, obviously a scary moment, obviously something you don't want to see ever. Whether you like the team or not, whether you like the people or not, um, at the end of the day, you never want to see somebody go down, especially uh, as hard as these guys are shooting the pucks now. Um, that that could have been a lot worse um, than what it was. So happy to know that Chris is doing well. Happy to know that recovery is is on the mind for him and, of, of course, for the uh, Flames organization. Uh, thoughts are with him. Hopefully uh, no, no long-term side effects, hopefully. Uh, he'll make a return to the ice in the very near future. Uh, we'll keep you guys up addressed uh, of that, like we have Chris Letang, which we'll have a, we'll have him uh, in, in here in a minute. We'll talk about that. Um, so uh, obviously, T's and P's to uh, Chris and the Flames organization. Uh, hopefully, uh, no lasting side effects from this one. Hopefully, just a, a 
an unfortunate bounce to the side of the dome. Uh, all right, my fourth penalty minute for this week's show, the salary cap is expected to raise approximately $1 million next season. Um, I know a, a bunch of you at home probably thinking to yourself, self, how does it only go up by $1 million? Um, here's the deal. Um, Commissioner Gary Bettman said, uh, right over here in Palm Beach, Florida, by where I live, uh, the league salary cap could raise by only $1 million next season unless revenue outperforms current projections. The National Hockey League and the Players Association signed a collective bargaining agreement in 2020. They agreed to keep the salary cap at a flat $81.5 million until hockey revenue surpassed $3.3 billion for the previous season. Uh, the salary cap increased for the first time under the CBA this season up a million to 82.5. The flat cap was necessary because players owed an estimated $1.5 billion in debt to the owners because of the team COVID-19 pandemic revenue loss. When the debt is paid off in full, the cap uh, will be moved to a compumental cap linked to revenue. In October, Bettman said that there was a chance that the 2023-2024 season would be a uh, would be that cap and that the salary cap could raise by more than $4 million because there was a good probability that the players' escrow debt will be paid off this season. The Board of Governors meeting in Palm Beach on Tuesday, Bettman downplayed those expectations by saying the players could still owe about $70 million at the end of this season. Based on current projections, there will still be an escrow at the end of the season. If that is the case, we'll move the cap up $1 million, said Bettman to the media. If we perform even better and the budgeting projections that we have now are pretty robust, it's conceivable the escrow will go away and the cap will go up to over $86 million. So that, that's where we're at right now um, with, with the cap and, and things going on. Um, obviously, there was a big uh, financial impact uh, of the COVID for, for all major sports, um, none more uh, than the other. But the National Hockey League reached an agreement with the players in the, in the CBA to uh, potentially get some of that money back for themselves. Weird, right? I know. Um, obviously, those guys took care of the, the, the players, even though they only played like 40 games that year. So uh, I get it. Um, it sucks for the players because the salary cap ain't going to move up any. It really sucks for the guys who haven't have been digging and digging and digging trying to get to free agency, and their free agency year is going to be the last year where we have a just a, a small bump. Um, so this could be something where you know this year is kind of nickel and dimes, and the year after you see teams being a little bit more uh, throwing money at people to try to build teams, especially once the uh, the cap gets up over eighty six million. Um, Hopefully, for the players' sake, that the the money continues to take off, so that they can maybe get out of this, and we can get to eighty six million uh, for next off season. I'm not going to hold my breath on that being a thing. Um, I know that that things are are weird, especially Arizona, a team like them uh, with only five thousand max capacity at their arena, even if they're selling tickets for, you know. Fifty to one hundred dollars a tick for every ticket in that building. Uh, it's not going to make a big dent if they're playing, uh, you know, in a twenty-five, thirty thousand seat arena. Um, so, not not great for the players for this season. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll talk about it more uh, as we get ready to hit the 
free agency uh, in the summer. So keep an ear out for that as well. Uh, my fifth penalty minute of the day, we'll talk about Chris Letang. Uh, we've talked about him on the last two shows from having the stroke to, you know, being at practice. Well, Latang made his return to the ice on Saturday for the Penguins just two weeks after uh, suffering from a stroke. He played 22 minutes and 14 seconds in his return to the ice. Um, what more is there to say um, here than that guy is uh, a step ahead of a lot of guys? Um Crazy that he was able to, you know, make the return as early as he was. Uh, kudos to uh, Chris and the, the the Penguins organization. You know, as much as I, uh, as much as I'm not a big Pittsburgh guy, uh, it's cool to see uh, him be able to make that return. Um, I think that it was something that he was pushing for for himself. Um, and I think that this is a, a, a big thing. Um, you know, two weeks isn't isn't a ton of time. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, things that could have uh, kept him out more and more. Um, you know, two weeks ago, he had the stroke. Uh, Saturday, he's in the lineup at PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh. Uh, he said, quote, it feels great uh, after the game. As I was starting to feel better, and you get anxious, you want to go back out there with the schedule. We just don't have a chance to practice that much. So tired. So tried to prepare the best I could. Timing needs to be a little bit better, but legs were there. Felt pretty good. Um, it's crazy that the guy played twenty two fourteen less than two weeks after having a stroke, and he's giving himself a hard time about uh, you know, his timing. <laughs> crazy. Um, they won the game three one of Buffalo, saying that he was in constant communication with. Uh, assistant coach Todd Reardon, who kept track of how he felt. He was assuring everyone that he felt great, said coach Mike Sullivan, and it means the role to our team to have him back. We're a whole different defensive uh, group when he's in the lineup. I'm not sure. This, I'm seeing the obvious when I say he's just an elite defenseman. I thought he was playing terrific in his first game back. Head head team physician uh, Dr. Bias said that he could create a stroke he could have created a stroke twice now in Latang's body with the one being much smaller and, and less severe than the first. So Latang was optimistic right from the jump that he'd be back sooner rather than later. So obviously good signs. Uh, congratulations to Chris for, um, you know, beating the, uh, beating that and uh, getting back on the ice uh, to help the Penguins potentially make a, uh, a bigger playoff push. Um, I think this is one that uh, that we've been able to keep an eye on. We've been able to watch uh, since we've launched the Five for Fighting podcast. Uh, so congratulations to him on making his return back to the ice for the Penguins. All right, those are the five minutes for my five-minute major for fighting. Let's talk about the Grip It and Rip It player of the week. Um, I told you guys on last night's emergency episode, which you haven't, if you have not listened to, you can find in the archive right here on the Huddle Up podcast feed. Uh, it is an emergency. Alexander Ovechkin eclipses 800. Um, yeah, uh, he is the grip it and rip it uh, player of the week. Uh, I don't think that this one is a hard one. Um, obviously, there are some guys that uh, we probably could have given the nod to. Uh, Mitch Marner continuing his point streak. Um, Ilya Sam- Samsonov uh, pitching a couple shutouts. I think there was another goalie uh, that pitched a couple shutouts. Uh, this week, but it's hard whenever you know a guy does what Alexander Ovechkin did last night: three goals, the Hattie on the road in Chicago, 
four eight hundred. Um, you know, kind of crazy. Um, awesome to have twenty ninth NHL hat trick for the grade eight. Uh, with his next goal, he'll tie Gordy Howe for second with eight oh one. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, it's eight nine four for Wayne Gretzky. Um, so that could, that, that, that could be a fun one. Um, Ovechkin said after the game, let's take it step by step. Um, three game homestand starting against Dallas, technically today, Thursday, 7 PM, uh, the 37 year old, um, will play obviously, um, Ovechkin understood that the next two goals will be the most significant to date. Uh, it's not every day you pass Gordy Howe who played 26 seasons in the NHL, 25 with the Detroit Red Wings, one with the Hartford Whalers, scored his final goal in 1980 when he was 52 years old. Ovechkin said this uh, last week, uh, quote, I think it's going to be a great memory for my wife and my kids. Obviously, my mom and dad are going to be watching at home, my brother too. It's a great, it's great for the game. The fans, I think, are going to love it. I'm pretty sure lots of guys are going to appreciate it. It's a nice accomplishment. Um, you know, uh, let's, let's, we, we talked about it a little bit last night. Um, you know, Tom Wilson, Nick Backstrom, both guys who are on uh, long, long-term IR, both in the building. Uh, I think they've been traveling with the team the last couple days, uh, while Ovi gets closer and closer to 800 and, and specifically 801. Um, he got the first two, uh, last night, very early. The 800th came off a scramble in the front of the net at 634 of period number three. And produced a uh, a pretty big eruption of energy uh, and emotion, not only from from Ovi and the Caps, but uh, from the United Center. Um, you know, I can't say enough positive things about the fans of Chicago. Great hockey fans. Um, you know, they had their moments with with Taves and Kane, and you know, all the Blackhawk teams of old that made the Stanley Cup. I can't say enough uh, good things about them. Um, they even gave Ovi a standing standing ovation and chanted Ovi, uh, Jonathan Taves, and Patrick Kane were among the Blackhawks to come over and congratulate Alexander Ovechkin after the game. Taves recalled saying uh, before watching Wayne Gretzky score 8 two with the LA Kings against the Vancouver Grizzlies in 94 to pass how and marveled how Ovechkin is on the verge of doing the same thing more than 28 years later, saying, quote, I was obsessed with Wayne whenever I was a young kid, and I remember him scoring that goal, and he was jumping around in his skates the whole world just couldn't believe that Wayne Gretzky had passed Gordie Howe. Now Alex is about to do that, too. So it's kind of interesting to think of that memory for myself and to think that that's the level he's at right now is pretty incredible. Uh, obviously, I think uh, it's going to be pretty raucous um, at the phone booth later tonight uh, against Dallas. Um, obviously, I think uh, the fans want to see Alex potentially score uh, 801 and 802 in the next three games to potentially uh, pass Gordy at home. Um, you know, if there was a way to write this Hollywood script, he got 800 in a hockey town. He'd love to get 802 in front of his town. Uh, the great eight, the great 800 uh, has been reached. I can't say enough positive things about Alexander Ovechkin. I can't say enough positive things about what he's been able to do. Um, but obviously, uh, the goal is not complete. Uh, 894 is where the great eight eventually wants to surpass. Um, Hopefully, uh, I'm here long enough doing this show with you that I uh, I can come on here the day that he makes eight nine eight nine five and we can have another emergency podcast. 
We could talk about Alexander Ovechkin, the greatest goal scorer in National Hockey League history. But we're going to put a bookmark in that chapter for now. Uh, the goal is 801. The goal is 802. Um, hopefully the grade eight can get that accomplished over the next uh, couple games that he has at the phone booth in D.C. If you're a Capitals fan listening to this thing like uh, like I am, pack that damn thing. Make it as loud as humanly possible. Cheer Alex every minute, he t- every time he touches the puck. Uh, let him know um, that D.C. loves him and that D.C. wants him to be a, a pivotal part of everything that we do moving forward. Uh, that's the show, though, for this week, guys. Uh, I got nothing else to say. Um, I've served my time for my fighting major. Um, I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the, the, the games that are coming up this week. Enjoy the quest for 801 and 802 for Alexander Ovechkin. And until next week's episode, uh, that's all I got, guys. Enjoy your time in the penalty box. Skate safe.